Shalom and welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast, Wisdom's Echo. My name is Carl Whitehead and today in this podcast I am going to be continuing in part two of a discussion of the Ten Commandments or the Decalogue as it is also known. And in this podcast we're going to be looking at the first of the Ten Commandments in correspondence to the Sixth Commandment. So, as we discussed previously, there is a corresponding structure between the two sets in the Decalogue, the two sets of the Ten Commandments. And this, again, brings us to a very important question. Why did God, why did Hashem need to use two tablets what is the function of having two tablets when one tablet would suffice? Or even ten tablets, one on each, apart from being able to carry them, of course. But why two? And because of this and the discussion that evolves from this question, we can begin to understand that there is a there is a framework of relational covenant going on here that exists on the vertical plane between God and ourselves and the horizontal plane between each other within humanity. And that we must always approach it from a relational context and that this is what allows us to form the type of society that God desires for us to function within. So, I just want to quickly again remind you of a beautiful statement that was made by Halal, where he was asked by a prospective convert to teach him the whole Torah in one sentence. And his reply was, That which is hateful to you, do not do it to your fellow. That is the whole Torah. The rest is interpretation, commentary. And the reason why this is so important to us is because it gives us the basis of the relational endeavor that Torah tries to put forward to us when we begin to place it as a priority in our lives. In other words, it's a priority of engagement. And of course, this comes to the forefront when we begin to delve into and engage with the Ten Commandments. So I'm going to be predominantly reading from the the repetition of the Ten Commandments that we find in the book of Devarim in Deuteronomy, which starts in chapter 5, verse 6. So what is the first commandment? This is how it reads in the Hebrew. Anochi Hashem Elohecha Asher Chotzitecha so this is translated as, I am Hashem, your God, who has taken you out of the land of Egypt from the house of slavery. Now, something that I would just like to point out and make a part of our ongoing discussion in any future podcasts is whenever we see in the English translation, the Lord your God, or the name God, or Lord, we need to stop and ask ourselves just quickly, what are the Hebrew names that sit behind this? 
Now, when we look at the first commandment, we see the four-letter name of God, Hashem, and then we see Elohecha, which is the which is a form of the the name Elohim or Elohim, and it's important for us to ask what name sits behind the translation so that we can understand the relational context that is being delivered here. And we will probably talk about, discuss this in future podcasts, but I just want to sort of put that out there and get you guys thinking about that. So if you have access to um, an online Hebrew version of the Bible, so like going to Blue Letter Bible or Sephiria.org, you can see the translation um, of the Hebrew into the English so you can check which name is sitting behind it. It's very important. The first commandment correlates with the sixth commandment. And one thing I'd just like to quickly point out as well is that in the English translation, so if you go into an English Bible and you look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, starting at verse 17, you will see that they have separated each of the six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight, and ninth commandments onto separate verses. Now, this is not the case in a Torah scroll. just want to quickly point that out to you. So from here on, some of the verse numbers will not line up in regards to a Torah and the English translation. The sixth commandment reads, Lo Tirzach in the Hebrew, which is often translated as you shall not murder or you shall not kill. Now, it's important, again, to point out that this word in the Hebrew comes from the root razach, which means to kill, to murder, to strike down, or to slay. And I think it's important as well is that we understand that this is a word of conscious intent. And there's quite a large discussion in in the commentaries about this word and about what this commandment actually means. But what I want to do is I want to focus on the idea of how these two commandments correlate with one another on both the vertical and the horizontal plane and why we can match the two together. So our first commandment, Anochi Hashem Elohecha. I am the Lord your God. What does, how has this become, or how can we look at this as God asking us to do something? And that is to, we, to be able to accept the premise of the Ten Commandments. We have to have accepted within our hearts, both by faith in our intellect and in our emotions that God is God, that there is a creator and that there is a functional purpose behind God's word that is deeply intimate and deeply personal and is actually a living engagement between us and God. So in other words, it's the 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 message of God to us to help us come to terms with the reality of who he is. If we don't accept that premise, then the rest really falls into a different category. And so we can call that a, a, a category of moral ethics, mor- morality, 
seeing an idea that somehow the Bible presents to us uh, stories that engender ethics to us and a morality that helps us deal with how to you know, function relationally between one and other. Now, when we do embrace the Word of God as the literal Word of God, as, as a living engagement from the Creator of the universe, then that element of faith exists. And because of that, we can look at statements made, especially the statement made in Genesis 2.7. And God forms man from the dust of the earth. And breathe into him the breath of life. And the man, or and man, became a living soul. So that statement in Genesis 2, Barashit 2, verse 7, states that we were created in the image of God or more precisely, that we are created with the breath of God. To see that we are created in the image of God, we need to go back to the first chapter and look at Genesis 1, 27, where it says, Vayivra Elohim et ha'adam betzalmo betzalem Elohim. And God created humankind's Man in his image, Betzalmo, Betzalim. So Zalim, Zalim means literally image or shadow. So it's something that is a reflection of the one who is creating it. So because of these two verses, 127, Bereshit, Genesis, and 2.7, we are confronted and are asked whether we accept how we are created. And because of this, we can now make the statements. We are created in the image of God. Therefore, the divine, the divine nature of God in his intent and in his desire and in the living framework of his breath sits within every single one of us. Therefore, it changes the way that God is asking us to relate to one another. So the first commandments, I am the Lord your God, Anochi Hashem Elohecha, who brought you out, or who has taken you out. This is one this is wonderful language. Who has taken you out? In other words, this is a purposeful act. This is something that God chose to do because He places value upon us. And so, in this statement, God is saying to us, in correlation to the commandment six, that 
Lo tirzak, you shall not kill. You shall not intentionally choose to end the life of another person because the Creator places value on every single one of us. Do not murder. I am Hashem Elohim. So man is created in the image of God. Therefore, we need to see the sanctity of that image as precious and of divine origin. Now, it's interesting because if you go into Bereshit 9.6, this is where we get a deeper understanding of what I am talking about where it says in the English, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. So this is comes out of the narrative that we find after the flood, where God is making a statement of the preciousness of humanity and of life itself. And that there we should understand that when we willfully shed the blood of another person in taking their life, we are removing from creation a part of the divine spark of God that resides in every single one of us. And because of that act in itself, what does it do? It diminishes relationship. In fact, it actually destroys relationship. It destroys the way we engage with God. It places a barrier between us because our heart becomes separated from the source of our life. Now again, coming back to what I said earlier, where it says in here, in Genesis 9-6, for God made man in his own image. Let's quickly ask the question, what Hebrew name sits behind the English translation God? And it is the name Elohim. Now, this is, this is very important because the name Elohim or Elohim indicates to us the aspect of judgment the aspect of the sovereignty of God as the judge. And that is saying and that God is saying to us that this we need to realize that God takes the life of every individual person very importantly. That he sees himself, he sees that divine spark of his breath that sits in everybody else. And we need to approach Relationship with one another from that aspect. Life is precious. So God is saying, if you believe in me, then you have to believe in the divine nature by which humanity was created. And so you need to, we need to see that in ourselves. We need to see that in each other. So again, there are ten discrete laws and five basic principles that govern them. And this is what our discussion is going to be, is to uncover those five basic principles that govern the ten discrete laws of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. Because each principle expresses itself in the two spheres of the mirrored Decalogue as a vertical and a horizontal 
relationship. So again, number one and number six, man is created in the image of God. Therefore, we need to see the sanctity of that image as precious and of divine origin. Baruch Hashem.